Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Oh my gosh, Alicia, I am so excited. We have an absolute badass here. You have been talking to me about this woman for a year and a half and finally get to meet her. She's one of my most favorite people. We have Tracy Miller, broker owner of the Butte Real Estate Group. And I just got goosebumps because she is in so many other levels. She's so many other things other than that. We're going to talk all about it. All right. (gasps) Welcome. Welcome. How are you doing today? Gosh, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be here and very excited for the opportunity. And it's Bozeman. I love opportunities to come over here and chit chat. I'll be honest. Do you judge Bozeman city. a little bit? You know, I feel like most of the state has a little bit of that, like, oh, Bozeman, so yeah, begin. So yeah, it's revenge, though, because I mean, it's Butte. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, compared to joke. Butte. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like you're the queen of Butte because, you know, Butte's home for you, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's amazing because Butte is really up and coming. I mean, at one point, Butte was the biggest city um, west of the Missouri, right? Yes, it was. It was the richest city in the country mm-hmm. at one point, the Copper King and with copper mines that were right there. Butte was a really, really big deal. And we actually have an office in Butte and we're really excited. Tracy was able to help us get connected with that. And um, we're so we're in Uptown Butte and I'm really excited about the promise of Butte. Some of the architecture there is so badass. Cool infrastructure. They're downtown. It's Could so kill cool. Bozeman's downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the right thing started moving in. I mean, they just built things really beautiful I back agree. there. Plus they have really cool things like ghosts and like, Aye, that's like, right. like uh, I, I heard about the, the ghost with that has the nose bitten off in a whorehouse. Like, like there's a ghost that shows up that has no nose and in a, in a old a new one ghost whorehouse. I'm like, I just found out about it. I want to go in the ghost, um, the ghost, uh, what is it? The tours, the ghost tours. Yeah. They're having one at uh, the old St. James, I guess. That's an overnight slumber party. Oh, oh wow. My gosh. I don't know if I could do that. I'm I don't know. Baby. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big baby. <laughs> Not for the party. <laughs> so that sounds like a good time. But Tracy, we're here to talk about all things about you. So give us a rundown. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Like, how'd you get into real estate? How'd you build your team? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess interject when I get to rambling too much. Absolutely, but, we will. We, we're um, good at that. <laughs> uh, born and raised in Butte. I'm actually a ranch girl, just a little bit north of Butte in Elk Park. It's actually got many records for being the most cold location in Montana on numerous wow. occasions. Oh, so interesting. It made me tough. That's what I like to say. You are tough. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be tough to be in this industry. Yes, yeah. we do. So thick-skinned, yes. Yeah. And I actually came from the background of corrections. So Mm -hmm. I started my career at 19 and pregnant in (laughs) Montana State Prison. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's the men's prison. So I worked as a regular correctional officer for a couple of years. Damn, you are tough. 
No. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. I I, I, I heard other stories. We're going to get into more into the toughness. Maybe that's the theme of this podcast. Yeah, she's tough. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, Yeah. So I started out in corrections and that was, I tell people all the time that that's where I got my skills for what I do now because you learn interpersonal communication, conflict resolution for days, and just understanding people of all walks of life. So I'm very grateful for that career path. From there, I graduated into, I climbed the ladder of corrections. I went through the training development and um, ended up doing basically leadership development in for the correctional officers, as well as all staff, all the way up to the top of the department. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I took a little stint in the military. So I left for boot camp and AIT. And when I got back from there, I was offered a position as the training officer for the Montana Law Enforcement Academy overseeing corrections and detention officer, basic. So that was my dream job. Wow. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. So I got to do all things, um, education, training, leadership, mentorship, team building, like all of the things that I do now, I got to do that for new law enforcement um, recruits. So inmates prepared you for realtors. I love that. (laughs) Inmates, then staff, you know, correctional officers. Then in between, I can't forget the little stint at legislative audit division. Um, (laughs) All the people that are still there, they're not listening right now because they do boring things like Excel. They're working. (laughs) Right, right, right. Maybe they have their AirPods in. Uh, Yeah, they're just geeking out right now. But I, so I developed leadership training for them as well for a little about little over a year and a half in Helena at the Capitol. Yeah. And then from there I migrated to oh, it's so embarrassing to even say, but I was the HR guy, like Karen, kind of Karen. <gasps> oh, but you were I Karen. Have Karen in my life, but she's actually a great Karen. She's <laughs> <laughs> my mom. She's my uh, administrative assistant. Oh, um, she's way more than that. She, oh she's, she's like your right arm. Day. She she she's actually people. runs even though I'm She's your executive assistant. She's my exact. She's yeah. actually she's the actual executive. She's the, she's the one who, who yeah. runs everything. Oh, yeah, that my yeah. Jackie. Yeah. She <laughs> is your Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. she is your Jackie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I worked in HR, which in my role there was investigation. So I was the guy that, or the girl that nobody wanted to see. I was the liaison between uh, management and staff that were being naughty, either. <sighs> Management mm. was screwing up and I was protecting that must the have been staff. Just a, or, so unfulfilling, unrewarding that's it. That's job. The word. Yeah. Yes. yes, it was soul, just soul crushing. Yeah. No, especially if no one's excited to see How you. old were you then when you were doing that? I was 20. No, no, let's see. So 30, 32. Wow. That time, because that was my last stop before I jumped into entrepreneurship. How did Yeah. So, what was the push to get you? Yeah. Well, maybe the soul sucking part. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's, that was definitely what made me start looking. Uh And when I was look, so there's two parts and I can't forget one of them is my dog. So that's the short story. Um, I wanted to bring my dog to work because I'm an obsessed beagle owner. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I call myself the beagle whisperer who mm-hmm. whispers upon deaf ears. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted to be able to take my dog to work and that was never going to happen in corporate America. So no. in addition to that, I looked around and I, I had a, a coworker and he was leaving for Africa. I'm like, whoa, how are you, who goes to Africa? Who, how do you, mm. you know, you have the same job as me. I can't afford to go to Africa. And I asked and he said his wife was a broker owner. And I said, <laughs> I'm like, well, Google says that real estate agents don't make money. They're like $32,000 a year. That would be mm-hmm. a huge pay cut. How do you do this? How does she do this? Anyway, so I kind of went down the, the uh, exploration route of how his wife ended up making money. And I learned about real estate and just the power that it holds and all the opportunities that present themselves. And she asked wow. to interview me and 
I ended up joining her team. Wow. And so you, and this was around 32 when you started yeah, that new 32. career? Yeah, 32. Yep. Good for you. And it's such a huge swing and change. And okay, so how, what was the fear level like at the time? You know, I kind of think that that probably plays into where my success in life, I've been blessed enough with just with courage. Like I am mm-hmm. just not You're afraid. Fearless. I'm just, right. Just, I'm not afraid. I just, I feel like there's really nothing in life that you can't recover from other than not paying your taxes or dying. I mean, that's right. <laughs> too hard. <no>. Right. So <laughs> how did you, obviously being from Butte had to be a huge leg up, but starting, oh, it's, it takes a long time to get that referral business and get business going. How did you start? Like, how did you yeah. get, get business? Number one question I'm asked. Um, so I was rookie of the year for GAR mm-hmm. over here in Bozeman, my second year. I remember year. that. Yeah. So I, I, man, I, I just, I took off and I attribute that to a little bit of a combination of a, the past careers that I had, I had very professional level careers with coworkers that they're in the industry. They, I mean, they buy, they sell, they've got the ability, the income to do so. Um, and I was in those positions where I met so many people over these career paths. Um, and then the second part was just, I mean, my slogan, if you will, my tagline is work ethic sells real estate. And mm. I just, I like to hustle and I was obsessed. I absolutely fell in love with the freedom of, you know, oh my God, I don't have to go home at five o'clock. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, like I can get up at 5 a.m. and just work on creatives. And oh my God, at nine, at 10 p.m., I can still be putting together research. And it's just such an endless. You get the immediate reward for the harder you work, the more you make. Mm -hmm. And also, you haven't talked about the money part of it yet, which we, we talk about a lot. Not being money driven sounds like you're more transactional relationship driven that gets you going and gets your fire. Yes. Accomplishment driven. Exactly. Just same. Goal after goal. After right. Goal after but goal. when you work that way, the money follows. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to stumble. I mean, I don't really believe in um, accidents. I believe in just, you know, the universe kind of guiding you to where you're supposed to be in life. And I miraculously stumbled upon Brian Buffini early in my career. I attended a conference, probably my end of my eh, maybe second year, first or second year. And I just kind of, you know, like everything I've done in life, I picked up personal development that was directly related to real estate and relationship building rather than transactional based um, styles. And so right from the beginning of my career, I was, I guess I just had the tools necessary to start implementing, to start building relationships and referrals just flowed in for me. I was, I'm, I'm lucky. It's, it's, well, <laughs> it's not part of it. I mean, it's very, yeah. I mean, you've always been a super, super hard worker. And, and I do think a good chunk of it too, is that I think it's really important in Butte to be from Butte because, you know, Butte is one of those markets that is very clicky. And we've learned that in having, in needing to have an office in Butte, you know, you and I were trying to work together in Butte, but just being in Bozeman, Butte people were like, you're from Bozeman, you might as well say the word California. <laughs> right. And and it's okay. I mean, it, you just have to know that about your market. And so that's why we have an office in Butte and our LO is from Butte right. because it's important to have that connection. So I think that that probably helped too. Yeah. Just, you know, people knowing you. It's Yeah, yeah. Bozeman doesn't have that. We have so many people moving no, here. No, like, there's no connection. Like how we Pollyanna Snyder. She hasn't been here really that long for how successful she is. No. And it just hasn't made any difference in her business. No. So when you and I had originally met, um, gosh, it feels like several years ago, you know, you were just on the cusp of starting to build your team. I think at that point you had had your assistant, Jackie. So how did you meet Jackie and how does she come into real estate? Yeah, my uh, my work wife, Jackie. Um, <laughs> she's my right hand man. She's I cannot function without Jackie. I had had a couple assistants previous and prior to her. And um, Jackie was 
gosh, you know, she was a previous client of mine. And Mm -hmm. that was one of my things I was never going to do again was hire a client. But there was just something about her that I figured, you know, she she was easygoing. I clicked with her and I just figured she was the type that was going to boss me around. And in the past, I had Mm -hmm. people that were waiting to be told what to do. And I'm not I'm not a babysitter. I'm a just go, go, go. And I needed somebody that was going to grab me, you know, grab my face and say, hey, listen to me. I need you to do this. Okay, And she keep you on track so you can keep moving forward. Yeah. 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 She, she can, she can get my attention. She can get my focus and she does not have a problem telling me to sit down, shut up and (laughs) do my job. Well, sometimes when you're a true leader, every now and then to have somebody on your team like that is a great, great asset. But what I love about her too, is that there's been multiple occasions that Jackie has, has grabbed a hold of your shoulders and shook you and said, you need a break. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and she sends me on vacation too. She sends you on vacation. <laughs> you know, she's, I mean, we would talk about how important it is to build a team, but the first member of that team that's the most important is that person that you're trying to create to be your right hand. Yep. And, you know, my right right hand is Angel, you know, and the things that we've been able to create together because we are literally back to back and you and you and Jackie are back to back and you protecting each other and yep. you're, you're in the same, you're in each other's corner. So it's really awesome. um, This is more of a technical question. Do you pay her salary or percentage? So she is on a salary. Okay. And she's recently licensed. Finally, she's about a year overdue. She's just kind of one of those people that doesn't like change. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that she's licensed, she got a significant pay raise. And now we're just kind of giving her opportunities to enhance her salary with going out and doing some deals on her own because she she wants to go out on her own at the end of the year is the goal mm. um and in the meantime it's just it's getting her what experience do, what are you gonna do when that happens <laughs> I'm like, no my, my mom no no no, is no, no, like, no, 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 she no. Even mentions the word the r word retire i'm like no <laughs> i don't know i guess you know that kind of leads into family a little bit my ideal world which if i got what i wanted would be to have one of my kids step in and take over but i don't you know it's one of those things that kids don't want to listen to their their parents. Yeah. And I, I think that if Jackie could get a hold of my middle daughter, Abby, who's 18, she's graduating this year. Yeah. If she could sit down with her and teach her before she left, that would be a real possibility. But otherwise, I don't think my daughter really, she just doesn't know what she doesn't know yet and doesn't want to work for I feel that way too. I keep trying to rope my kid into doing, into being a lender or the, or a realtor because, you know, because he could, he would be so great at it. Yeah. And, you know, just dynamically his personality and, you know, it has been such a great career for us. Um, and one that, you know, nobody ever aspires to be a mortgage lender. When I grow up, <laughs> right. I want to be a mortgage lender, but it would be such a great career for, um, to encourage our kids to get into. So I hope she does. You see yeah. it a lot in our industry though. You see a lot of a lot of the top agents here, their kids start working underneath them and starts taking over their business. And there's so much trust and just the way you know, the way you communicate, it can be a really, really good fit yeah. once you get, I think, the first over the first hurdle of working with family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think I'm tough too. That's one of the mistakes that I made with, and I said, I went through a couple different assistants is, and I know Colleen, you're really big on hiring with the DISC profile mm-hmm. and personality mm-hmm. testing. And that's something that I will never not do moving mm-hmm. forward. Cause Jackie and I lucked out that we work really well together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are polar opposites of everything and we just mesh so well. But like my, my daughter is not, she's just not somebody that would boss me around. She's very timid. So I, I just, you know, you got to find when you've got a strong personality yourself, you've got to find somebody else that has the opposite positive strengths. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you do talk about disc profile. And I was literally thinking when you said that you were, a, you're a risk taker and mm-hmm. you don't get scared. I mean, I know that your C is super, super low. 
And so yes. was mine. And I think my C is a five. Yeah. Um, it's really, really low. And, you know, so my disc profile is super high D, super high I, and then low, low C and S or S and C. And then Angel is the polar opposite, super high C, super high S, really low I, she doesn't like people. <laughs> and then lower D, you know, so it's just like, uh, exactly. Yeah, and that's that why rock we're- rock that holds you down and then yeah, you can be the flyer. Exactly. Yes. And it's like, we, we complement each other really, really well. So when we, when you were first, you and I were first meeting, you were just kind of starting to think about the idea that you had, you had called them the, your, your chicks so that you yeah. could have all, gather all of your little chicks yeah. or all of your little ducklings, I think you called them and you, so you recruited a bunch of brand new agents and you taught them all at one time. Okay. So the first one that I took on is the only agent that is no longer with me. And she had worked for a, another brokerage for a short time and mm-hmm. um, wasn't doing well. So she asked to come over with us and we, and she did amazing things with us. Mm-hmm. No longer with us. That's, it's fantastic. But mm-hmm. we, at the same time, I had taken on four brand new, never, no experience in anything type of agents. Most but. people would have just taken on one. Right. She took on four. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I <laughs> it's actually smart because it's all the same amount of work. I mean, you're still going to have, but you're going over the same processes, yep. buy, sells, what have you. Yeah. All and, at the same time. And I'm a, you know, I come from a background of adult learning and that's, I just learned through all of working with corrections and inmates. We, we learn as groups. One-on-one is, you know, a quarter of the information is received and processed and the, the three-fourths of it kind of goes out the window. But when you have four people, they all might pick up a quarter of the information and then they're working together to share, oh, you know, what was she rambling about with this? How do I do this document? And they could kind of self-teach, which when you teach somebody, you retain the information faster too. So for me, it was like, man, this is the smart way to do it. It's scary, but we're just, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. And all four of those guys are with me all except for one of them capped their first year Uh with my brokerage. They're all doing fantastic. Yeah. And since then I recruited one at a time and it just has not been (laughs) <laughs> it was harder. It was, it was how, difficult. Mm-hmm. How many agents do you have underneath you right now? Ooh, 10. Wow. I've got mm-hmm. 10. And that includes Jackie. So, okay. Cause mm-hmm. so really there's nine of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you give referrals? Are they in charge? Or how, how does that work for you? Yeah. So we, I, at this point don't work with buyers unless they're, ex- you know, pre-existing ones that I like. I mean, we Same. all have clients we don't like. I'm right? doing so. this. It's really, <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. It's really unfortunate for me. Yeah, I know. I know. But you're meeting with my team now. I'm going to start using you more. As soon as I stop taking buyers, calling nothing I was like, what the hell? I got a big old hole in my business. <laughs> I know. And that's, it's hard. I yeah. feel bad for that because, yeah. you know, I do have my inspector that is like one of my favorite people. He's like, hey, did I do something? Yep, yep. <laughs> like, no, I've just grown a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm trying to shift into the commercial realm and, you know, mm-hmm. the invest, I've got the investor bug horrible to the point where I'm actually yep. kind of trying to plan my exit strategy already for from sales. And, mm-hmm. you know, so my, my, I say my girls, but we actually, we call them the, the little smoky because we did just hire our first male. Oh, oh yes. You we guys have a, have a lot smoky. in common. I know. Yeah. I know. We, we, we can literally talk for hours. Yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah it's, I don't know. But the guy we hired, he's, he's amazing. He's a history buff. He's kind of an old soul. He's so easy going. I mean, you know how girl talk goes in an office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Women. I mean, he knows every labor and delivery story. He knows all about, you know, periods <laughs> and kids and he has no kids, no girlfriend, no wife. I mean, he's. Oh, just- <laughs> how good for him. He's going to be so ready when he decides to settle down. He will yeah. be ready. He's amazing. So. Yeah, that's the the little the little. Did it change your dynamic when you brought in a man? 
Not at all. Mm-hmm. No, nope. he is one of the girls in a way that, and I say that just because he doesn't bring this competitive masculinity that sometimes you get with that male ego, you know, the yeah. stereotypical male ego. And they're definitely not all that way, of course. For sure. Um, no, we're, we're still a very flat organization. We're very, um, leadership is shared amongst the office and he, he fits right in. So something beautiful that you've done, um, and you just keep copying and pasting it. And it's so inspiring to see all the things that you and your husband, Brandon, have done together, which he, I'm not kidding you, he, no shit, he looks carbon copy. He looks like George Clooney. So oh, cute. he is so, like, no, he's not cute. Like he's freaking hot. <laughs> yeah, he is just flat you, hot. And Smarts he's, and the man. And, no, he, and he does all of these um, flips for her. He does, he is a, constru- like, he does all things construction. He has a great team. It's and he husband, I love my literally, husband so much. He's an accountant, but if he just did flips or is a builder. Oh my gosh. I'm always buying too. My life would just. So she's delicious. buying these houses. <laughs> And then she's buying these houses at, at you know, not at, a, at a good price and they need some love. And he's doing a full remodel on them. I mean, because the thing about Butte is like almost everything needs some sort of work uh, yes, on it unless sure. somebody yeah. like, like Tracy has come in and done the work on it. So he's going and she's buying these houses. He's going and doing the work and they're flipping them over and over. And she's beautifying Butte. And so it's really good wow. for the community. It's providing really nice housing. And you guys have the ability to do the remodels. And very few people can do that. So talk about that. Like how many yeah. do you, I mean, so that's a good number. How many have you bought and sold? Oh, I have no idea. Um, we, we, let's see. I've only sold, oh gosh, I've only sold one of my properties. I no. think. Well, we move into them and then renovate and then move on to the next. And we were going to sell them all. And then with, you know, sales, hi, it makes no sense. And I've kind of been like an accidental investor where I've learned as I've gone and I've somehow made good decisions. Well, it's embarrassing to say, but that's true. Same though. I feel the same way, but also we, I'm assuming you got into investing somewhere time I did where it's only been an up economy, which yes. is truly, that's, that's part of the luck you were talking about. You still yep. have to work hard to be lucky, but similar, I feel like I've just became an accident, accidental event, um, investor as well. One thing that we haven't done is held as much as I w- would have. My only regret is selling, you know, we made like a little bit of money, but it'd be so much, we just kept more of yeah. them. Well, and yeah. that's just, I, I kind of, I look back and I think I'm like, oh, I was smart to hold them. And no, I was just emotionally attached to my <laughs> husband. He's so handsome and he looks so good in there, like fixing them all up. And we have all these memories of, you know, like the first one that we bought. So the first one, I'll just tell you about that one really quick, Colleen. You got to see it. You did a little production on it. Yeah. Uh, we bought it for 45000 and it was a two-story, four-bedroom, two-bath, totally water, water-rotted, um, huge 9,000-square-foot lot, double-car garage. Just, But it's a turd. I mean, it's a total right. turd. 18, well, I would assume so for 45000 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like hazardous to walk in turd. And I remember I bought it, and I forgot to tell my husband about it. You know, it was my our first deal. I wrote the contract. <laughs> no, I've, I've done that before. Yeah, where I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, time. I bought a house today. Yeah, by the way, you know, it's kind of like buying new shoes. You come right. home, you're like, ooh, I'm going to hide this in the closet. Yeah. I'll never know I bought tell these shoes. Before Do not see the Amazon box. <laughs> yeah. Yes. didn't so, happen. Do not see the, you know, closing statement here. Yeah. You know, whatever. So, so we bought that one and I remember bringing him over and his eyes just, you know, he looks at it and he's got, you know, he's smiling and then he's kind of like smiling through his teeth and he's kind of like looking panicked. I'm like, honey, take a breath. What's going on? Are you okay? And he's like, ma, this is, yeah, this is going to be fine. I, and keep in mind, he, well, I guess we didn't talk about that. He is an under, was an underground miner, very handsome with dirt on his face too, mm-hmm. but I thought he'd look better. We have better. that in common too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of thought he'd look better in the carpenter's belt and I'm like, you know, let's give up the six figure <laughs> 
you know, income where you're gone for a week at a time. And you can just be my eye candy. Yes. <laughs> and then we can do amazing things together and you can start construction and no, you don't know too much about it, but he's super smart and he's very mechanically inclined. So it was nothing for him to learn. So this first project was probably 10 times bigger than it should have been for a first project, but I'm not scared and he trusts me and I'm very grateful that he, he has never doubted anything that I've done, you know, financially, decision-wise, design-wise, project-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I tell him, hey, we're going to buy this. And then I stop him like, wait a minute, can we? And he's like, yes, you know, whatever, because he trusts me. And, and so with that, we've, we currently own, I wish Jackie was here. Um, I think we're close, it's, it's 11. So we have, tw- we have 11 buildings, 12 doors. We're about to have 14 doors. So mm-hmm. um, we bought an, a building, a historic building uptown that we're in the process of renovating two high-end Airbnbs in above a restaurant. You guys come to Butte, try Brown Gringo. It's a new uh-huh. restaurant. Good for you. You really are changing Butte. That's, it needs that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's great. building I, at a time. I am not changing Butte. My team is changing Butte. Like we mm-hmm. as a group are, are able to do some pretty amazing things together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how many we have at this point. And Really, that's that's kind of where I want to go in the next five years. Is and is it your design eye? Um, I'm going to take that credit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> good for you. Take the credit. I think Dang that it. that's you know you inspire me, and I was literally just thinking about because my husband you know was was an underground miner and you know made sure that I made enough money so he didn't have to go to work there so that we could do things together. And we've done a lot of remodels and and stuff, and he's been amazing at it. But it's been really fun because I'm design inclined as well, and I can see the way something should look and put together. And, and then I just tell him and then he makes it happen. Yes, and it's great? really kind of amazing. That, it's yep. fun to have that synchronicity together in creation. So I'm pretty sure he would be mad if I bought more buildings in Butte though, because that's really far for us. That's that was a, a long way for him. <laughs> for <your laughs> he was li- yeah, 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 that was a long way for him to go over there and do that. But well, that's really exciting. Yeah, I'm super inspired too by everything you're saying. I want to totally change topics. Sure. But she started telling me about you. She's like, and she's an MMA fighter. Uh, Tell me about this. How did that start? How long were you doing it? Well, first she was a bodybuilder. Oh, okay. My daughter would be mortified right now if that was said publicly. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, mom, I got to go to school. And the kids are like, your mom's a MILF. Look at this picture. Yeah, Uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look like a starved, like, I don't know. You know how those red ants, you know, that, that have all the shape to them that are like, like, that's kind of what I felt like I looked like because you're so dark and tan yeah. and it's fake and like there's just like muscle, but then I'm also so skinny. Like yeah. I'm a naturally very scrawny person. So then there's like striations and like muscle and then, then bone, just bone. I was right. so skinny. It was just gross. <laughs> well, tell me about the fighting. Yeah, yeah. That is okay. so... So cool. Yeah. So I got the the start. So first of all, I would not say I'm an MMA fighter. Like that is, it's just such a hard, like there's others that just deserve that title so much more, um, <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, so backwards. I'll um, say it. She's an MMA fighter. I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. Like this would be to be like, she's been in the ring. She's beat the shit out of somebody. She's taken some significant oh, hits to her face right? and, and she's come out a lot. You get the title. So she, an she's MMA an MMA fighter. fighter. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll just, we'll yeah. go back. Okay. So my love is on the ground. I always say ground fighting is my favorite. And I, my first introduction was with <laughs> ground combatives in, um, the, in the army for basic training. So you just kind of learn how to, you know, fight on the ground. Cause that's where the majority of fights go. I just keep assimilating this to real estate. I same. I'm like, same. she's just scrapping on I mean, the ground. It really, it's so true though. Like, yeah, we're like, just talking about getting in crises and how we fight through things. And yes, yeah, there she is. The Bring yeah, it to the ground. Yes. <laughs> 
so I got back from that and I, I, I kind of liked it. It was just fun. It was aggressive. It was, you know, hands-on. And, you know, it, it, I feel like the majority of women are very lacking in confrontation. So not aggressive physically. They're, it, yeah. We're turn takers. You know, we're like, oh, okay, you hit me, I'll hit you. Like, it doesn't work <laughs> that way in fighting. You just kind of got to go. So uh-huh. the, the kind of people that are attracted to this are, I don't know, I just, I fell in love with it. It was an opportunity to be aggressive with other people that are out to do the same thing. But it was in a, and it's in a tactful and skillful and very much you're doing it for your training partner too. You're giving as much as you're taking in. It's, it's weird. I no, I totally, totally love this. I think it's yeah. beautiful. Like it sounds, it's, it's like there's an artistry. It sounds yeah, like to it. It's the people that you, that you do this with are, they become family. I mean, you're, you're literally, you know, dripping sweat in their mouths. You're, I mean, crotches and faces and you're like tangled up and you're, but at the same time you're trusting when they get your arm in a, in a compromised position that they're going to stop when you say, please stop, you know, tap or, yeah. you know, a little gentle nudge on the, on the shoulder. It's, you know, it signifies stop. I've had enough. I tap, I give in. Yeah. And it's not a gloat. It's not an ego thing. It's a, you know, it's an honor. It's like, yeah, it's respectful. Okay. Yeah. But the trust is built from that because you're putting your body in a very unsafe position and you trust your teammates. So that's the component that I absolutely fell in love with. And all of that was through um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I started in Butte when I was 27. 27-ish or so. Is that older to get into it compared to most people or is that a normal um, age? For our area, I would say definitely there was no age because we didn't have Brazilian jiu-jitsu here. You know, it probably showed up in a in a non-formal way, like not a, a commercial gym style, maybe in 2000. 1998, somewhere around there. But the first gym in town that you could actually pay and go learn how to choke and mangle people was, <laughs> you know, right around that time frame. And so, and there was a mix of different people. You there need was, to learn how to do that. Oh, I would freaking love it. I know oh, you would. It's amazing. I would, I mean, like I was always the first squirrel. to follow on basketball and <laughs> soccer is my passion. And oh, I'm, oh, yeah, I feel like I would great love that for it too. Like really you do. I, I have actually a lot of muscle just naturally too, where I feel like, I feel like I could do She's this. She's like creepy fabulous strong like yeah, it freaks my friends out like, I know like she's just standing there and her muscles are just like popped out I'm like your thighs sure, are and like that's a whole nother like and then she's like stop it I hate my thighs I'm like no they're seriously yeah. they're like <laughs> impressive I'm into this though thing. like I want to come to Butte and try this I'm no, not kidding like my here. mouth is on the ground like I want to oh god I know please. I know I come here to train sometimes go visit uh Brian Dietz at Montana MMA he's amazing um so yeah put it my phone yes please do he's amazing tell him I sent you okay yeah. So yeah, so I got, so anyway, so I joined a commercial gym when it first opened, which was called Grit in Butte and I fell in love with it. I earned my blue belt on, you know, like I said, just on the ground, fighting on the ground only. I had no stand up ability at that time. Um, and then I kind of had a little, I, I started coaching for that gym just to help out the professor and it just kind of got into a relationship that was no longer healthy. It was just kind of more of a user it just wasn't good. It wasn't positive. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hang out with people where that isn't good energy. Nope. You know, if it's nope. not working, like, it's cool. I love you, but I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So I moved on and I went about six months or so with no training without doing anything. And then I was actually selling a house. I got called through that community. It's a, it's a tight community. And Oh, I've sold a lot of homes through soccer players. I'm showing right. a $4 million home for somebody I played soccer with. Yep. No idea they were wealthy. No. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, you make... Because it's all equal on the on the soccer field. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's your that's the association and it's a yep. strong association. So I was referred to who I now affectionately refer to as my best friend, Calvin. Um, he's I'm not his best friend. Like he barely knows I exist, but it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, and he I was so I went over to sell his house for him and he had known of me through jujitsu. And he says, you know, I heard that you and you know, you'd quit at the gym. You're welcome to come 
fight with us at SOB Streets of Butte, which is, you know, it's just kind of an underground fight club type cool. thing. Cool. Yeah. That sounds even better. First rule of fight club, you don't talk about yeah. fight club. Oh, yeah. do. <laughs> I just mean, like, when I say underground, I mean, it's not commercial. It's, there's yeah. no fee to go. It's just a bunch of oh. people that train that don't go to a commercial gym. And they've got, you know, former training, but maybe the schedule doesn't work. Maybe there's young kids there that don't have the ability to pay to go to a gym. And, and basically, it's just for the love of martial arts. We will get together as a group of, you know, usually about eight to 10. And we just, we train, we learn, we teach, and we, you know, we spar all the time. And then if one of us comes up and we end up with a fight, then we end up going and fighting. And, you know, I call my best friend, Cal, and then another very dear friend of mine, Wes Ogan. He's also, both of those guys are former fighters. Wes just had a fight over in North Dakota that I drove over in the snowstorm that they had a couple weeks ago to go watch him do his pro (laughs) fight. Uh, Very close to tight knit team. But anyway, so that's where I got my fight or my fight experiences. It was, you know, it's, it's a goal. It's Mm -hmm. doing all of these cool things that involve all this very, um, just so much time in your life that you dedicate to it. Like I want to have a goal at the end, what I'm working towards. And so I'm like, well, let's make it a fight. So the fight that you did in Livingston, was that your official, like your official, like real, real fight or that was my first in a ring in front of a, in front of in a group, of a group that of involved stand up. I've done okay. tournaments and things for ground fighting, you know, for Brazilian uh-huh. Jiu Jitsu, but to do the stand up component, that was my very first one. And, and you were there? Uh, no, I watched on, uh, I, I watched on Facebook like a weirdo. Oh yeah, And, I and Jackie I, I was wanna, just I, screaming. She was screaming like, <laughs> like that mom who screams like, come, like, come. no, she was, she, I, I, she was like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just like, like every other word was fuck. And it was just like, and it my was husband's crying. It was like, like something. Else. And then you were crying and then everybody was crying and it yeah, was, I need to watch it was video. so it, it's on her stuff. Okay. I mean, on her, on her social. And it was, it was amazing to watch. So what is your plan moving forward with that? Um, okay. So totally being honest, I have not been, I have not trained since January and it's been mm-hmm. horrible and I'm in like the worst shape and like, physical condition I've probably been in in 10 to 15 years just because I've been focusing on I'm getting my CCIM designation mm-hmm. I'll be pinned in October Yay. in Chicago um, so I've just you know I've kind of had to put that on the back burner and you know you mm-hmm. got there's only so much time there's only so much like really energy is what I'm boiling it down to. I'll make time. I mean, I know there's 24 hours, but I'll cut sleep, I'll cut things. But for me anymore, I don't know if it's age or if it's just max capacity of what I can handle, but I've only got so much energy. And the pressure that comes when you're switching gears from what we do on an all day basis, like leading a team, you know, investing a family, you know, all of the sales, just all of the things all day long, like the mental pressure that comes from that for me to switch gears and then go do a high intensity, mental, precise, putting pressure on myself to do well and perform well. And like, I had to just kind of take a break from it mentally because I was crashing. That's good. Are you, are you doing anything physically? Uh, no, pretty much not. Um, you know, there's a, there's, I've got two 10 pound dumbbells in my living room and sometimes I walk past and I pick them up. I'm like, hello, friend. <laughs> yeah, I miss you. I'll pump them a couple times and then I'll set them back down. I'll do like, but you know, there's, like, there's seasons good. for that. You know, yes, it's season. like, I'm super, super <laughs> frustrated right now with my riding and, you know, and our eventing because I haven't ridden an, a, enough, you know, with just the weather and the move and, and everything going on right now. I just, I, I actually looked at my living quarters horse trailer the other day and I'm like, I think I'm going to sell it because I don't, and I'm not, my husband talked me out of it, but just because there's only so much time. Yeah. 
And if you're going to go and compete at something, our personalities do not really allow us to do it poorly. Exactly. That, and I, I fight with my friends about that who played college soccer or professional yeah. soccer and they stopped playing because like, I'm not as good as I was. And I'm like, well, you're never going to be as good as you, as you were if you stop. But I'm also right. at the same point where I'm starting to see myself not be the best player out there anymore. Right. And it's not, it does suck. I don't need it to sucks. be the best. I just need to show up well. Yeah. And I, I need to show up well and, and do right by myself. You know, like if I'm going to spend the money to go and enter and, uh, you know, miss work and, and do all the things that it takes in order to go and be there, I want to show up well yeah. and just haven't had the time. So my yeah. horse is like, fat. Misses you. He's like, every time I walk by, he's like, hello, are we going to do something? I'm like, I know, I know we need to get back and we will, we will. So Tracy, you've talked about time a few times. So how do you manage motherhood? How many babies do you have? Three? I have three daughters. You have two daughters. Yeah. Yeah. One are quite a bit younger, it sounds like. Mine are 2018 and 12. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yours are? Eight and five. Eight and five. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how. That's that's exactly. I was just going to say, like, I'm like, that's a tough question. I would say I don't manage it very well, but I'm I'm just at that point in my life where I'm kind of lucky where my girls are older. Uh, My 20-year-old's out of the house. My 18-year-old is graduating this year. And if I'm being totally honest, I have not sent out graduation announcements yet. Um, it's on Jack. Jackie's been tasked with it, but I'm like, oh God, but I've, got a, I've got a task. I got to give her the addresses. So, you know, I, I don't do very well. And I would say that family is one of those things that unfortunately has been on the back burner as I've grown the past five years. And it's, it's one of those things that you, when you go to bed at night, you got to look right square in the eye and be like, there's no, there is no season for that. You're either no. there or you're not, and you miss out on years. And Man, I just I'm I'm transitioning back now where I, I I don't work weekends, I don't work evenings anymore. So I'm I'm there now. My 18 year old is paramount in everything I do. She taxis my 12 year old around who does softball and basketball. She does she does everything and it's travel and it's all stars. I mean, she does everything and, and wow. I don't I don't miss any of it. I go to all those games. Um, but I have a Jackie and I've learned the power of leveraging and I just keep hiring people to do things that I can't physically do because I'm uh, the season of me missing out of my family is over and. That's, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's priority number one because I'm an honest person. Like right Mm -hmm. now my job is priority number one because it does feed my family, but I don't feel like my kids miss out. I'm, I don't miss anything of theirs. Right. And that's a really good way to explain it because it's like, if I was to prioritize my family first and then, then job second, I wouldn't be serving my family well. Yes. And yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Job first. Yeah. Yeah. But my I appreciate that honesty. I don't think Mm -hmm. I've ever heard anybody say that, but if I'm being totally honest, same. And I, I really, really appreciate that. I just saying it out loud means something. It's hard and, to say out loud, but it's it's true. And it's very true. I think mm-hmm. in order to be the, and you were talking about this at the very beginning, how you were just obsessed with being great at real estate and putting your heart into it. And I think to get to the top, that's what you have to do. You have to be obsessed. And and then as you've gained the business and it does become easier and you become more efficient and you get a Jackie in your life, you can let it go. But if, and not everyone has to be the best or like, or make a million dollars a year. Not everyone has to do that. Right. But- if you want that, that's what you have to do. Yeah. yeah. Obsessed or be average. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a great book. So I wanted just to, to circle back to, because I'm pretty sure that the people that broke into your office, if you were there, when they broke into their office, they would come out with broken pieces. Tell me what oh. happened. You guys have started talking about this. Yeah. What happened? That yeah. sounds really good, but really it's not. I would have been like, ah, and I'd have called the cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we had a little, okay. So this is a leadership podcast. Am I correct? Leader, leadership podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, let's, let's circle into that because that is, well, that's what happened. Uh, but so first of all, like big picture, we were robbed. My brokerage was broken into over the weekend last weekend. Mm-hmm. 
what is there to steal? Right. That's what I said. But and apparently, like, monitors aren't even worth anything yeah. anymore. Like, well, you know what? When you're on drugs and you're an opportunist and you're just like, oh, I'm going to get something. I'm going to tell you what they stole. They stole computers and big. every one of our offices have big screen TVs and they stole toilet paper and our booze. You know how much booze we had delivered to us, though, by others that were felt bad. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, we had booze for days. Come over and drink it. But, um, yeah, they stole all like gift certificates. My, you know, everyone's have... check their checkbooks, their, you know, just... Uh, there, so there actually is a lot to steal. Yeah, yeah. they clean yeah. us out. Like, you know, they, they... I have a stack, like, two inches of gift cards. So they're, yeah, yeah from just people... All of try, it. Like, whatever Inspectors they or what have you kind my of stuff. label maker. Like, yeah. I'm obsessed with my label maker. I ha- It says, like, do this shit, pay this shit. I mean, like, my label maker, I can do cool so things So do they and it's bring, gone. like, a truck up and just put it all in the truck or something, or do you... We think so, yeah. Yeah, because that know, is actually a lot to... Yeah, and... They didn't know, walk off. Right. They, they packed it across the field behind our brokerage. We have a big open field that's community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, county space. And they did. They packed it across. There was at least two, possibly three or four people that were involved. And they basically had free reign of our brokerage, we would say, for the whole weekend because nobody was there. We did a big community cleanup Saturday morning and then nobody else was at the office. And it, it was broken into Saturday night. And we think that they came Saturday and then returned Sunday and just kept on hauling do you out. Do you feel just violated? Absolutely. And like, it's not even the stuff you just feel kind of yucky. Yeah. Yeah. It's my agents are, they're my family and they bring their families there and that's our home. We spend more time there than we do in our own houses. And they, you know, they were in our fridge taking our food that we cooked together. They, (laughs) they stole, like they were in our personal bank accounts. They were, they stole artwork. They stole baby shower invitations and antiques that were very special to the agents. Holy cow. And to bring this all, like the stress on me is I was, and this is where the leadership component comes in that I really am super excited to talk about. I was in Los Angeles and I was down there doing my last CCIM class. And it was a true testament of what I have built. And I don't mean that like, Ooh, look what I did. But like my team my belief is that you're only, as a leader, your job is to create other leaders. And there was nothing that proved it more than when I was gone. My assistant, Jackie, who I am training and mentoring in to be the next leader of this of this brokerage, I mean, she rocked it. She took care of everything. I didn't need to be there. I didn't have to come home. I was able to yeah. stay down there, stay focused, get my class. I mean, don't get me wrong. I broke out in stress hives and it was ridiculous. And <laughs> it, you know, it was a sure. horrible week. But right. That's at what you home... Do. My Jackie took care of all the police reports, all the insurance claims. I mean, all the inventory of things taken, all the social, you know, media type of stuff, all of the ongoing calls and inquiries and just, and the agents, the agents stepped up because they're leaders. I mean, they're leaders of their own families. They're leaders of their own business. They're leaders of their clients. And they're all, all of that downward sharing of, because that's, we have a very shared leadership format and man, they all stepped up. They all took the reins. And if I didn't have the type of leadership style that I had, I would have been crippled and I would have had to come home because I would have had a bunch of people walking in circles saying, oh, what do I do? What do I do? No way. I got calls every three hours just with updates on what they were doing to handle it. And I'm like, good, go forward, conquer. That's what I always tell them. Go forth and conquer. I'm so sorry this happened. When I heard you got robbed, (laughs) I was like, oh, they broke in. This this is a major, major robbery. Like, yeah, well, I mean, we think it is. I, I guess when you tell, well, you know, I mean, like, yeah, they didn't steal jewels or something. Yeah, they cut their phones and their, and their all internet. of our wires, even our Have sprinkling system. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know what? You piss off an entire like office full of women. A powerful people. Oh, the investigation skills that come out when a woman's scorned. Like <laughs> all of them just like mm-hmm. PIs. All become FBI agents. So, yep, yep. And they tracked them down through gift certificates that were stolen and on inventory. And we caught them Wait, on camera. And You guys actually caught them? Oh, yeah. You guys were <laughs> <laughs> We were the ones that we identified the suspects and we were able to, t- to turn them over to police. And then police did a house raid and got most of our stuff back. Wow. So it was pretty. And then, you know, did you get your label maker back? No. (laughs) You know what? It's fine. I'll just, it's fine. But it's not fine, you know? It's not. It's not fine. And there needs to be accountability, you know? So, is what, I mean, I know it's probably too soon to know, Mm -hmm. but charges are being pressed. Yep, charges are being pressed. We're hoping that they, we, we were told that the bust that they did was they, they found a bunch of other things that may solve three or four other burglaries that had taken place. So there's, you know, we always look for silver lining and, you know, we, we try to, we're not going to sit and be like, oh, this happened to us, poor us. We're looking no. for solutions on how we can have this not happen again. And we're going to approach the county and see if we can do something as a community to come together and develop the land that's behind us. That's an open space, maybe a dog park, maybe a, you know, whatever, make it into something positive so that community can grow from it rather than us just getting robbed over and over and over. <laughs> it sounds like the, what I'm seeing as a silver <clears throat> lining is your team probably became so much closer and even more yeah, if powerful. That's <laughs> and that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I'm incredibly proud of them. They, they seriously like so proud of them. They're amazing people there. I mean, and of course I can't leave my husband out. He's the second wing of our team, you know, he, the contractors, they, yeah. you know, they felt horrible because it was actually one of them unintentionally accidentally left a door unsecure. And, mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I got oh. to have a great conversation about leadership because his first instinct was to point fingers and blame and, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read him the riot act. I'm gonna fire him. And it's like, no, honey, it's as leaders, it's, it's your fault. I said, that's mm-hmm. a hard pill to swallow, but where, where did you fail? You know, you are the leader. It's always your responsibility. What so if you leave a door open, you don't expect to get broken into. No, I don't never. even own keys to my house. No. And I, my keys are in my car across from that bar right now. Same. Yeah. Exactly. So like, it's just people yeah, it's, made it. Yeah. It's no one's fault. And sitting around pointing fingers is you don't grow that way. You know, it's instead it was, it was an opportunity for the brokerage, Jackie and I to sit down and say, what can we do better? What were we, you know, we don't have a security system. Well, we sure should do now. Yeah. You know, what could we do differently to make the, this not happen? What could he do with his team to make better systems and ensure it doesn't Yeah, happen. security systems are something that need to be in place, unfortunately. I'm, saying, I'm assuming you have one being right across from two cool hipster bars in town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so important to be able to just protect your stuff and be able to do that. I'm just, I'm just so sad that that happened to you. It was just heartbreaking. And I know you guys are fielding a bajillion phone calls of people <laughs> yeah. wanting to help. And it was like, I don't think that calling and asking is, is actually going to help right now. So you just have to sit back and wait. But I know that it's just devastating. We felt yeah, I'm the really love. Sorry. We did. Oh, no, yeah. we felt the love from the community and from the, the real estate family as a whole. It's incredible. Everybody came together and mm-hmm. it's, it was pretty awesome. Well, they just further, like, that's a really good example of how to be an excellent leader and, you know, how to deal with crisis and, and how we just have to continue to move forward. Like, you just can't claw back into your hole and and not continue to move forward. So good for your team because, I mean, you guys have built a beautiful office space. Um, so that's amazing. That's amazing. So what's next for Butte Real Estate Group? Oh, 
well, and then what's next for Tracy? Well, so for Butte Real Estate Group, Jackie and I actually talked about that today, and I think we're going to start a recruiting campaign, and I think we're actually going to try to bring on one more person, but for the first time, we're going to try to recruit somebody that's experienced just for the sake of, you know, time, tough time. Yeah. And, you know, it would be kind of cool. So for Butte Real Estate Group, we're going to just, we're going to continue to to grow. We're going to continue to try to serve our, our clients the best that we can. I'm kind of hoping just to see the girls all and the little smoky all just take off and get the lives that I was blessed enough to create. Mm-hmm. That's my goal for Butte Real Estate Group. I mean, we're kind of more of a co-op. As much as they grow is how much we're going to grow. And that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where Butte Reg's going. Um, I have a five-year plan to, we're going to start snowbirding to Florida. We're actually going down next week and doing a little research in mm-hmm. conjunction with to going to a leadership conference. So, why Florida? Um, what to move? There? I mean, why Florida out of um, all places? Because I want my beagles to be able to have the beach <laughs> six months out of the year. Um, it's warm weather. I'm over the cold. I just can't I get handle that. the cold. And it's yeah. a little more affordable. We just got a place in Tampa. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I mean, a cool place, the pool and stuff. Yeah. Four fifty compared to somewhere in California that's going to be over a million. Over a million. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it's a place that I think that my kids, my family, my, you know, the agents can come and visit and it's going to be vacation for them, but (laughs) home for us six months out of the year. And it's a little bit closer to Brandon's three kids as well. They're down in that area, even though two of them are gone with the military. But um, anyway, so that's just kind of the choice there. And so for the next five years, it's going to be a slow progression out of sales and into just hot and heavy investing more so, so that we can just be passive, passive income producers and mm-hmm. give back to the world. So that's, that's amazing. And then I just, I went well, to go to, I went the, to go living the American dream. I went to go respond. And then she just finished out with that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that was, that drop was the mic. mic drop. Shut up, Colleen. No. So you rent out most of your places though that you have. Okay. Yep. So you're helping the rental crisis. Yes. Yes, we are. Yep. Trying to. Are, is, is Butte struggling with rentals as much as Bozeman? I don't think as much. I mean, I would imagine probably not as much. And I, I think that things are starting to balance a little bit. I mean, I don't know how we've got no more supply than we did, you know, three or three or four months ago. Maybe people are just settling. Um, but yeah, it's definitely hard. And most is the cost of living there is significantly lower or, or the, the, the income there is significantly lower than Bozeman, but our prices are just keep on creeping. I have quite a few investors looking in Butte and they've been looking for a couple of years. They haven't just killed like, well, it's everywhere in the country, but especially Butte. I feel like they're have increased percentage wise so much more than a lot of other places. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's being felt in the market, obviously, because the investors from out of town are coming in and buying them at prices that right. are astronomically high. So the and rents have doubled. And Yeah. It's still lower than Bozeman, but people yeah. are like, well, I can't even invest in Bozeman. It's just proportionally exactly the same thing. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it. It's just like, it's just same thing, but different place, yep. you know? Yep. So yeah, it's tough. Well, how about what's next for you? Uh, for me. Oh God, it's May. I don't start goal setting until November. <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, this year has been a year. I, like I've stepped back tremendously from like trying per se in sales. And uh, like I said, I'm getting my CCIM designation in October. That's a lot of it was to help teach the office, the girls in the smoky, uh, the commercial side of things. And I'm just trying to be ready for when things grow in view and the commercial market starts to, to increase also to be prepared for hopefully picking up a little bit of sales down in Florida mm-hmm. in that, in that capacity, not residential, but commercial. So yeah, so I'll be pinned in October and I'm, that's career wise kind of where I'm going. And then personally, 
we're, we're just going to kind of travel and take the summer off and not really, I mean, by take it off, I mean, I'm not trying. I, I don't do any like advertising for any business, like referrals, take care of my referrals, take care of my repeat business mm-hmm. and just like enjoy the summer, do some hiking, some mountain biking and recover from the last two years of complete and total yeah. Just chaos in every aspect. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Well, yeah. this has been incredible. Yes. I am so inspired and pumped I up. I told you she was a badass. Yes. I mean, she's, she's been talking to me about you for a long time, way before we were doing this podcast. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm like, don't you know her? Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> I know. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get out more. Yeah, right? <laughs> Stop just looking at my screen all day long. I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tracy, yeah. for, for visiting with us. It was incredible. And um, you are so inspiring. Well, thank you. My pleasure. And I'm supposed to tell you guys that um, Butte Reg is your biggest fan and the girls all listen to your podcast <laughs> oh, like every so week. Sweet. So they're like, make sure you tell Tell them that makes me so happy. That's really sweet. That makes me so happy. We love this. We we love what we love doing this. And um, it's our therapy session. It's our therapy session. Saving hundreds in therapy. Um, For sure. Thousands, maybe. What are we on? Like episode 60 something? Something. 60 something? Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, girls. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.